Excuse me, I have to go somewhere there's a crime happening. Yeah, the crime is happening in Eugene's bathroom right now. Yeah, Eugene's smart. I'm smart. It'd be better if I did with my Thor Endgame body. S&M bondage looking dude from hell. My type of dude. Oh, now he's texting me while he's shitting. Hey, remember that scene where Robocop shoots a guy in the dick? So yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's another. Like, are you planning on? Are you planning on uh, finding another finding another site, or are you just going to have an Excel spreadsheet and just add? So originally, I just had an Excel spreadsheet, but I like to. Uh, for uh, I guess we should talk about what we're talking about. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there was an announcement on top of filmaficionado.com. That's filmaf.com, which is a site that we use to inventory and track our movie collections says, Film AF will be ceasing activities on June 10th, 2019. So that still gives us a couple weeks. In nearly 20 years, DVD AF and then Film AF helped tens of thousands of people. It's quite a run. Unfortunately, the economics have not been working for the past few years, so it's time to call it. We'd like to thank you all for the work and dedication you put into the site. Special thanks to our moderators, blah, 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 blah. Fair winds and following seas to all of you. And I even contributed to the site as far as hey i've got this dvd that is not on your site and i went and sought out pictures and all the details and it's it's kind of pretty complicated to get something added to the site and i did i got a few things added to there but now it's all going away and that sucks i'm hoping that somebody swoops in and like buys it off them or something you know because that's possible yeah that is a possibility but if not, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to look for another site just because it's so handy. But in the meantime, everybody get out there and if you dig into the depths of the site, you can export your collection to a, uh, it's to a text file, but you can convert it to an Excel spreadsheet, which is better than nothing. Yeah. But yeah, at still. Least, at least you have something that you can work off of when you re-import into another site, which I know that Blu-ray.com has... Uh, there's a lot of people that use Blu-ray.com for their film lists, so that might be an option. But you know, I I haven't looked into that. I'm not sure if that's a Blu-ray only, like Blu-ray and 4K, or is it? Uh, do they go back to DVD, VHS? You know, like I'm not sure how deep that site goes with right releases. That was another thing that was kind of annoying. With well, it started off as DVD AF before it turned to film AF, but they only had DVDs. They didn't go back any further. So anything that yeah. It was on VHS that never went any further. There was nothing for. Was like, Can we just get one that's just movies? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know. I'll. I at the word at, at the very least, you know, the Excel spreadsheet we can keep on adding to it, right? Our own spreadsheets. Yep. Because oh, yeah. I just I'm anal about that. I I I want to know my what I've got. Every now and then I'll go through there. What's what what was great about film film AF is that. You know, very quickly you could scroll through your lists and even just the little pictures of the movies. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I would use that to decide on a movie that I was going to watch. Like, oh, I'm in the mood for an old movie, one of my old movies. And instead of, you know, standing down there looking at my movies, I'm like, I'm just going to hop on to Film AF and just scroll through there. And up oh, there we go. That that looks good. I'm going to watch that tonight. And for me, I mean, I'm looking at my collection right now on the site. I mean, almost 2,900 movies. So, 
I'd go looking at, you know, because I don't buy movies on the regular basis. I wait till the end of the year when all the deals are happening, and then I go nuts because I can get them for so cheap. Well, sometimes I got to hop on there and look and see, did I buy that movie or not? Mm-hmm. You know? Or, oh, I, yeah, me too. I've been there. There's so many that I've, I think I've only, one time I've actually, I've rebought a movie I already had. <laughs> and that Which was, one was it? Uh, Boyhood. And I gave it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which Link I still later. have not watched yet, but. Yeah, I found yeah. it for a buck on Blu-ray. And I was like, ah, I should get that. I thought I just watched it from the library, but apparently I had also bought it. Yeah. At some point. Here's the first phone call of the day. Yeah, yeah I actually had a... Oh, wait, uh, I gotta take this. Gosh. Hello. And so it begins. Well, while he's talking on the phone, I'm gonna just, I guess, start rattling off. I uh, opened up my computer this morning, and I'm like, oh, good, there's a software update. I'm like, of, of course. Now, granted, Mac updates, they generally uh, don't take that terribly long, but it was a pretty big update, so it took a good, I don't know, maybe... 30 minutes, uh, you know, and then there's always the, there's always the possibility of once you're, once you're done with the update, then, okay, well, what about, what about all of my, what about all my apps like GarageBand and, and this and this, and, and sometimes some of my equipment gets to be non-compatible, so you have to do other updates and whatnot, but luckily I, yeah, everything works good, so... Uh, and he's on the other end just saying, uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, which means let's get off the phone, waiting for him to get a Taco Bell order, a couple, couple crunchy tacos, bean burrito, I got nothing, yeah, I, I want to talk movies, get off the phone, <sighs> and he's back. Sorry, I dropped the dog at the vets this morning, oh. and they were calling, calling me back, he's done already, it's like, all right. He's got, my dog has allergies. My, my little, my little old man dog has allergies. <laughs> poor, oh, so like, poor like bastard. Gluten and dairy sens- sensitivities or? <laughs> no, no, it's outside allergies. Oh. So his ears get all full of crustiness and he sneezes a lot and his chest gets real, uh, dry. And so it gets flaky and all gummy and weird and gross. And uh, he's still chugging along though. I mean, he's pushing 12. And he's 12 still, years old. He's still pretty active and runs around. And how old do do, do those dogs typically live? Uh, Ten or twelve. I mean, ooh, uh, so he's getting to be on borrowed time. Maybe, but I mean, he sure doesn't act like it. I mean, he does yeah. lay around a lot, but he kind of always has. Yeah, he's he might. Good he, might he might. He might end up being like uh, Zippy. I mean, Zippy. He. His expiration date, I mean, he, he breezed by his expiration date by a good four or five years. He was a vampire. Oh, that thing was, oh. Every, every part of that dog smelled just, like a vampire, yeah. too. Oh, I know. The thing is, like, he was, he had probably died four years earlier, and so it was just like this, this zombified, just rotting. Church. Rotting corpse. Yeah, church. church. Church, but zippy. Yeah. But, oh, that instead dog's of being breath. angry and and trying to kill you, he was just kind of greasy and you know maybe oh. you trip over him. And it was almost like his 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 fur. It was kind of like uh wool, like sheep wool, like just you know like clumped up uh poop and just <laughs> and just just clumps of a lot of you know lots of poop and just out oh gross, gross. oh it's awful. Every time he'd come running out to me, I'd still would bend down zippers. 
<laughs> Give him a little would, pat. I, every now and then I'd feel bad for him, so I'd try to just with with the tips of my fingernails <laughs> just scratch his head a little bit, and then immediately his his tongue would come out like he would try to lick my hand. And I'm like, I I'm sorry, but <laughs> that tongue is I can't I cannot do it because I. I can't get that smell off my hand for like the rest of the day of just rotted corpse. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, but, so he got yeah. some shots and his ears cleaned and some shit thrown in there, and I'm sure it'll be eighty bucks or some crap. But mm-hmm. Yep. On we chug. He's yep. still he's still pretty lively, little fella. But so now, when this episode gets dropped, you're going to be forty years old. Ah, thanks for reminding me. My uh-huh. kids remind me every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mind you, too, whenever it's like, oh, it, for them, it's like, well, this means that there's going to be cake in the house and, you know, we can open dad's presents. So that's yeah. what that means. So, <laughs> Well, um, I pretty much already got my present, I think, is, is my eyeballs. Like I said, that's okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, so looking forward to it or, I mean, or is that a dumb question? It's a dumb question. Uh, into yep. the spanking machine I go. I guess this won't come out till Saturday. And the, um, my wife said that on Friday night we're going to a fundraiser for somebody at her work that she doesn't really know whose husband is sick or something. Uh, oh, uh, which doesn't nice. really line up with the text messages I read on my daughter's phone that said we're going to a surprise birthday party. So. <laughs> Oh, uh, perfect. There's yeah. that. So now I, I gotta go... Yeah, act surprise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's alright. Act surprise and act like you're having fun? Uh, there's probably gonna be a lot of people there. That's not me, man. That is... Ugh, nope. Of course, then, I don't have any friends to actually have a party for. Ah, you go to movies with your friends all the time. Yeah, I've got those guys. Those those dudes. Um, yeah, it would literally be... What did we do for your 40th? We went to Slayer? Um, well, yes, and that, well, for my 40th, I was, uh, like, that was, Joni asked me, she's like, do you want a birthday party, or do you want to do something? I'm like, let's go to New York City, how about that? Oh, like, yeah, let's that's go right. away yeah. from people. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, but then, yeah, you and I did go to Slayer. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that, uh, that show is tonight, and I actually, wait, no, that was last night. Yeah, I sold my ticket on, uh, eBay. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I saw him last summer, and I'm so into karate right now. I'm like, I don't want to miss a class. I don't want to drive to Loudonville or wherever it was. I'm like, Loudonville? <laughs> or was it Loudonville? Or... No, I highly doubt it was Loudonville. There's no venue in Loudonville. Um, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. So, somewhere, I don't know. But, uh, like, hey, you how's it going? <laughs> we need to get on with the show. Oh, we do? Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but... Yeah, it was kind of bittersweet. I'm like, oh, I really wanted to go to that show, but I'm like, ah, I'm, I, I, <sighs> anyway. Yeah, yep. Damn it. Also, I'm trying to get my office back together. So now that I, last weekend, I tore the floor out, put in new flooring, and I'm still paying for it. Oh, my legs hurt so bad, dude. Oh, I can barely straighten out my, whatever the muscle is between my knee and my ankle. That one is just screwed. Oh, it gets nothing but worse from here. Let me tell you that. It don't don't think that. Well, now that I'm forty, now now my muscles are going to be great. And not, yeah, no, 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 no. I know. But um, yay, yay! Happy happy fun time on the movie freaks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're old. And we're gonna die. That's uh-huh. what, that's, yep. 
That's what my kids remind me of every day. Uh-huh. But not before we talk about some movies. All right. Want to go to the roulette? <laughs> Let's do it. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. At least on this episode, there's only one kid and one dog here to make any fuss, and the dog's outside. Okay. So it's so not you... going to be like last episode. Oh, that uh, was... We, you guys, are, you're all thankful... Or be thankful, audience. You might think I left everything in. I took out half the shit. So um, the stuff that was left of the barking and the interruptions, and that was only half of it. Just so you know how much work yeah. I do in the show. Okay, this episode of The Roulette, it is Triple Threat up against Embrace of the Serpent, and I'm up first. Triple Threat. A hit contract is taken out on a billionaire's daughter who is intent on bringing down a major crime syndicate. A... A down and okay, a down and out team of mercenaries must take on a group of professional assassins and stop them before they kill their target. That's not really accurate. Neither is calling this triple threat. I, mm, this is a very single threat in this oh. movie. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I, I give the movie a thumbs up. I enjoyed it, but it, it makes it sound like these three badass dudes team up to go fight the bad guys. It's like mm, that's not really what happens. Uh, the one guy, the two guys are mercenaries against the bad guys, and the one guy is just trying to get vengeance for his wife that they killed at some point, and so he keeps playing the two guys against the other guys, manipulating them. Like, he gets them arrested at one point, so it'll draw out the big gang of bad guys, and then he can go in there and just kind of kill everybody, except, oh, sorry, I used you as bait. He does that, like, three different times in the movie. So, they're not, like, on the same team. They just are kind of like, uh, friend, or, or enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, okay. So, I kept waiting for all three of them to team up, and I guess at the very end they kind of do, but I it was odd. I, the movie's fine. It's worth a watch. I doubt I'll watch it again. I Maybe years and years down the way, but also, um, Scott Atkins... I really like him. I don't like when he's a villain. I don't like when he's a bad guy. It doesn't... Doesn't work. I'm not... It's not his fault. He does fine acting. I just... I don't like it. And and this one, he's bad guy, so he's always making that grimace face and... Uh, lots and lots of shooting in this movie. You'd think it'd be lots and lots of martial arts, but... And there's a good bit of it, but there, it's a lot of shooting. At one point, this lady is going through a police station with a grenade launcher and using it like it's a shotgun. Like, shooting people that are shotgun range close. And they just, maybe a body will explode. And it's like, oh, that was a cool bit of gore, but I think in real life, if you did that, you would probably kill yourself in the process. Way too close, but... Yeah. Uh, what do I know? I'm only half a threat. <laughs> uh, that's it. It's just action movie. Uh, keep it in the queue for some time when you're in the mood for that, but I wouldn't hurt myself to watch it. Okay. So, like, the, uh, it, it, it didn't, it didn't look like one of the awful Netflix garbage shot no. on H- Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, on, uh, for me, Embrace of the Serpent. I had heard about this movie a while ago. The theater that I used to work at, they played that way back in the day. And um, not only that, but it was nominated for a Best Foreign Film at the Oscars for, um, I think, 2015 or 16. So I'm like, and I really want to see because it, it looked really good. Uh, so checked it out. And um, 
the story of the rela- I'm just reading real quick quickly here the synopsis. Uh, story of the relationship between Karamakate, an Amazonian shaman and last survivor of his people, and two scientists who worked together over the course of 40 years to search the Amazon for a sacred healing plant. And uh, so basically the movie is, and by the way, these two people, they don't really, they don't know each other. It's a movie set in the early 1900s, um, and then a movie set in the 1940s. So this, this Amazonian guy is much older, you know, we go back and forth. Uh, and they're both, both of these explorers are looking for the same healing plant for various reasons. Uh, this movie is very good, very good. Uh, it's shot in black and white, and it feels like it should have been in color because we're on the you know, beautiful Amazon in the jungle, whatever, but it totally works as being a black and white movie. It's still beautiful and almost otherworldly, and I wonder if the director did that deliberately uh, to just make it black and white so it doesn't quite feel like reality. Uh, there's tons of metaphors. This is a very much an art house movie, so there's tons of metaphors about the destruction of the Amazon and the destruction of the, you know, Amazonian tribes. Um, it's just a really, really interesting watch. The end gets, uh, very trippy. And in fact, it actually turns to color for a little bit. And the color scenes, as weird as this sounds, uh, almost reminded me a little tiny bit of 2001 A Space Odyssey with what they were doing. Hmm. And just, uh, it's hard to describe. It's it's one of those where it almost was trying to get too smart for its own good, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, okay, we're... Teetering on pretentious? Yes, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're bathing me in art. I get it. I'm, I'm drenched in art now. Thank you. But it's still... Fine, it was good. Uh, I think the because it got so metaphysical that it lost me a little bit in the end. But man, the whole way through, uh, very much um, uh, anti-organized religion movie. By the way, uh, because we see organized religion coming in uh, in the uh, form of Catholicism, and just again another way of destroying the Amazon and the Amazonian people and almost kind of like a dictatorship to organize religion. And it, they, they, trust me, it's not painted in a very good light, uh, but it, it's a good movie. I don't know what you would think of it. I really don't. It's very slow paced, but I was always interested in, especially when they would like both, both the early 1900s and the 1940s uh, timelines were both equally interesting with, what the the 19, early 1900s guy was a German guy that was dying, and he had to find this this particular uh, healing plant to heal himself. And then the 1940s guy had heard about this healing plant, and he, you know, spoiler alert, kind of, I guess, he uh, in a roundabout way, he wanted to exploit it and uh, make it, you know, make a profit on it. Is kind of sort of where that was leaning. But uh, anyway, commentary on big pharma as well. It's big business. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot going on, a ton going on in the movie. Uh, it's not one for everyone, but, uh, I sure enjoyed it. But, woof, I mean, it was, it was not, uh, it was not kind to organized, uh, Catholicism, at least to me. Or that's what I took from it. I got you. Well, I'll so. <clears throat> check it out sometime, but I don't know if I want to use a rental on it. 
Because I'm already running shy on those. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting down there. <laughs> okay, next round. First up, let's go to good old Netflix. Maria, an ex-assassin, tries to leave her dark past behind until a power-hungry gang targets her family, forcing her to summon her killer instincts. Hour 29, and a cool cover on Netflix. I watched a little bit of the trailer, you know, that if you just let it sit there, it'll yeah. start. And it, all right, maybe that's something. But you threw me a Netflix, so I thought I'd throw you one, too. Uh, the Night Eats the World on Hoopla. After waking up in an apartment the night after a raging party, Sam comes face-to-face -face with his new reality. An army of zombies have invaded the streets of Paris, and he is one of the lone survivors. And I don't think this movie is subtitled, from what I read on the, on uh, Hoopla. Okay. Uh, petrified with fear, he barricades himself inside the building to survive. He wonders how long he can last in silence and solitude, and the answer comes when he, lear oh, he learns he's not alone. Hour 34. And lastly, Exile on Canopy. The children of an isolated desert town face an all-consuming choice. They can attend school to learn the teachings of, quote, the angel, an extraterrestrial being that arrived ten years ago, and evolve like their parents who are turned into mindless drones, or be exiled to the wasteland. 84 minutes. I figure, roulette, you got... One movie that's four minutes over ninety. That's pretty good. Yeah, actually, you know, I thought um, I thought that you had a, you had done a typo on that first movie. I was like, oh, that's that Mara movie that you're throwing back up there on the roulette. Remember Mara? There. Oh, vaguely. No, no, this is Maria. Okay, and then the, yeah, just this was just added. Okay. Okay. Uh, coming your way is Alleluia, a uh, 2014 movie from Fabrice Duwolf. That's the guy that made uh, Farewell to the King and one of my gems, Calvaire. Uh, no, 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 wait. Farewell to the King and Cal... No, 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 you're mixing it. Message from the King? Message from the King, okay, yes. Okay, Yeah, Yeah, sorry, my bad. Farewell um, to the King, was that? That's something, isn't it? <laughs> it is something, but I, I'm... I'm <laughs> I was thinking of The Last King of Scotland as I was mixing it up with. Oh, the Last King of Scotland was a good movie. That was a very good movie, yeah. Um, All right, sorry. But anyway, <laughs> uh, fervidly dark, lovesick horror inspired by the real-life criminal duo The Lonely Hearts Killers. I have wanted to watch this movie for a long time because I, I want to watch everything this guy makes. And uh, it was never on any platform that I could watch it. Well, it happens to be on Hoopla. So there you go. So that's the first one, hour and 33 minutes. Second one is Obit, and this is a documentary. Fucking IMDb. Of course, now I can't find it on... Oh, whatever, I'll just say what it's about. Uh, the Obit's a documentary that got rave reviews, and it's about the writers of um, the obituary section in the newspaper. I think in the New York Times, I think. But supposedly the stories are... It's just completely out there and crazy and kind of funny, and um, that's on Canopy. But uh, that's another one that... Back in my theater days, we got, and it did quite well, and people loved it. So I think that that's a pretty safe pick because it's a documentary. So there you go. And last is your Netflix pick, See You Yesterday from 2019. This is a new Netflixer, hour and 26 minutes. Uh, best friends CJ and Sebastian build a pair of time machines and use them in order to save the life of CJ's brother. And I believe that this is... Um, Oh, I was reading something about it, about, um... Who directed that? I, I feel like when they were making this... Stefan Bristol? Let me, let me check here. I feel like he made something I know. He just did a bunch of short films. 
Okay, maybe I'm mixing it up with something else. Yeah, so, but there you go. It's, uh, you know, maybe kind of science fiction? I don't know. Oh, I watched the trailer for this. It's science fiction. There you go. So, I think that's a pretty good spread for you. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, I will take See You Yesterday. Okay. Hallelujah, that's a Eugene review first, if I'm going to use a rental yeah. on it, because of that director. Now, while I loved Message from the King, I did it not so wild about Calvair. So, yeah. where did this one fall? This one after Calvair, but before Yes, this that? was a couple of years ago. It's actually, yeah, I think 2014 or 15. So, this is a relatively new movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, science fiction wins out that round. Okay. And for me, uh, I got to go with the French zombie movie. The Night Eats the World, the one big plus is it's not on Netflix, so therefore it's not going to be a shot on HD outtakes, that type of thing. So immediately that elevates the movie as far as a horror movie goes. Uh, you never know. I didn't watch any trailer for this one. <laughs> it's got a really cool poster, though. Yeah, yeah, that poster looks awesome, and it's uh, it's French. They know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know that it's French. It's set yeah. in Paris or whatever, but I don't know that it's French. I think it was English language. Let's let's go look. Let's yeah, make make sure you're happy. Speaking of French and all that stuff, I, which we'll get into this and recently watched. I watched the new uh, Blood Feast remake or whatever you'd want to call it, and um, I cannot imagine. Well, I'll Wait, get Blood into that. Feast. That's the Herschel Gordon Lewis movie from the 1960s. They remade oh. it. I believe that they made a, a Blood Feast two back like 10, 15 years ago. That was really good. He actually directed it. Herschel Gordon Lewis directed it. Now, this is another remake, which is basically Blood Diner. It's that story. You remember Blood Diner? No. Ah, you watched Blood Diner and you liked it. The two brothers, one's into wrestling. They have a vegan restaurant in the 80s and they eat people and there's a brain in a jar. Uh, yeah, okay. I do remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you liked it. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Isn't there some singing in there? You always sing a song Oh, yeah, before they... Before I stick my big sausage into you, what do they yeah, call you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They I call me that. Shitar. I'm like, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, Shitar, yeah. Don't do it. Don't do the Shitar thing because I put it in the intro like five times. Uh, yeah. Original title: La Nuit de Ver le Monde. So I would say this is a French movie. Excellent. So you're good. Man, that that poster rocks. Oh, it's awesome. It actually reminds me of that movie that you that yes. you really liked, the So Above Below thing, whatever. Yeah, As Above, So Below. As soon as I saw that poster, I was like, I should watch that again. <laughs> that movie was awesome. Okay, there you go. Next week on The Roulette, it will be The Night Eats the World, or See You Yesterday up against The Night Eats the World. And are you ready to move on to our middle segment? I, I'm ready. It's that time of the month for our monthly top ten genre something or other for the year. And this month, I don't know why I picked this one. It just popped in my head, and I thought, nah, that's not really our style. Ah, fuck it, let's do it. How about top ten coolest outfits, costumes, wardrobe, whatever, dressing, clothes, however you want to put it. And I'm up first. Uh, and you're going to see a very distinct theme through this, and I don't care. I This is what I was going, this is what popped in my head, and so that's what I started chasing down. And it actually was kind of tough to get to 10 for me, because a lot of movies I like are they're just kind of general clothes. So it was like, I wanted something that if I say the name of the movie, you can think of a unique, distinct outfit will pop right into your head. Yeah. Number 10 for me is Blade Runner. Uh... Deckard, with that coat and his weird kind of tie and 
they're just, uh, let's not forget the see-through plastic raincoats. Um, there are just mm-hmm. some distinct outfits in there for a near-future movie. The reason I bumped it down to number 10 is because, at the end of the day, it's still kind of plain closey, uh, but there still are, uh, there's enough unique things in there that if I showed up with a Deckard coat and shirt, you'd know who I was playing. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, or if I showed up with no shirt and I see through raincoat, you'd, you'd be like, hey. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and do you remember there was that one, um, that one Italian movie that I think you borrowed it from me where it's like uh, hands of steel maybe or something. And at one point, uh, this lady shows up like wearing a garbage bag. And I'm like, oh, hey, a nod to, to yeah. Blade uh, Runner. That, that is one of those movies that is on my eternal list of things I never got around to reviewing. No, oh, because it's hilarious. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, and that's the, that one there. Actually, the bad guy is uh, George Eastman. <laughs> which, yeah, actually, oh, shit, he's not in this list. I should have Eastman in here somewhere. <laughs> Number ten mm. for you. Uh, number 10 for me is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Conan the Barbarian, dinner orgy outfit scene that he... Uh, there she goes. Dinny, dinner orgy outfit, where he's, oh, like, got the, the black paint on? Yes. Okay. Yep. For some reason, uh, like, for that movie, that's always the most iconic uh, look. He looks the most badass in that movie. That's real interesting, because that's just... It's actually paint, but I guess that does count as costume. It's his, like yeah. to me. It's he was at his most badass, and he had his most like where he slowly. Oh, that's it's does amazing. the sword thing, and uh, it just that was like the highlight of that movie, and it felt. Um, how do I say this? Yeah, it's like I guess almost that war paint stuff that he puts on. It is a costume in and of itself because of how it looks. It just it's so badass. I agree. And that's wow. another one where I guess I should, you know, maybe I could show up at a party, you know, looking yeah. exactly like that. And mm-hmm. It'd be better if I did with my um, Thor Endgame body. That'd be better. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine for me is The Fall from Tarzan Singh. Remember this mm. movie? Yes, I do. What I really appreciate about the costume work here, I thought it was, I thought, first of all, I love the movie. I think it's brilliant uh, on every level. Storytelling, filmmaking, it's just amazing. But... The costumes here are so well done because they are realistic to different uh, times and cultures and places, but they're exaggerated versions of those things because there there is a fantasy element of the movie that they go back and forth to. And so they just exaggerate it just a little bit, just stretch that frill up a little bit more, or, you know, whatever. And I, I love that kind of, um, is subtlety the right word? Maybe that kind of just slight exaggeration on reality, and it makes it stand out and pop like you're going to the circus or something, you know? I Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, number nine. Okay, number nine for me is Gold-Faced Man and Gladiator. Uh, this, is, this is just the just a random, big, burly, badass dude taking on Russell Crowe, and he, he's got this very Roman-esque type... Battle mask thing on. Is that when they, they, the tiger came out? Yes, yes. And I just, I always have loved that particular scene in that movie and that outfit. Just, I remember when I first saw it back in what, 2000, I think, uh, scared the shit out of me for some reason. Just, I'm like, that, that looks almost otherworldly in how badass it is. Uh, because the face itself was not like a scary face or anything, 
but it, almost like a hollow face, a robot, like a robot type face mm-hmm. set way back in Gladiator times. And I'm like, he's, there's, he's not going to win. Like the Russell Crowe's character is not going to beat this dude, which of course he does, but it was just very iconic and very Ridley Scottish. Yeah. So you, you're kind of more picking individual people in costumes. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's what I, that's. No, that's fine. That's totally fine. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. And I do have some honorable mentions then. Uh, okay. As well. Uh, speaking of doing whatever you want, number eight for me is Akira. Now, granted, it's an animated film, but at the same time, the same rules apply. You still have to dress your characters, and I love what they did here. It's Neo Tokyo. It's in the future, or supposed to be in the future at that point. And again, futuristic style without being uh, some kind of crazy... You know, back in the 70s, they'd make futuristic films, and the costumes would be outlandishly weird. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I like that near-future look where you can believe that fashion does that, or goes to that place in that amount of time. Um, And also a couple of iconic outfits that if you wear to a convention, most of the people are going to know what you are dressing as. And I really like that. And it's the greatest movie of all time. Number eight for you. Yeah. Okay, number eight for me is... Why did I put this? Uh, Tom Cruise in his graduating Top Gun uniform. <laughs> <laughs> because you're obsessed with that movie and it's your yeah, favorite movie just, of all time? <laughs> he just looked so clean. They all look so clean cut. <laughs> Butch haircuts and... Anyway, it's... Just look at all those army uh, dudes. They they need a tickle. Now, all those navy dudes. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now I'm wondering why I put that down, because, boy, I should have put down just their volleyball outfits is actually more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number seven for Eugene is uh, some gay porno with no clothing. <laughs> oh, just assless chaps. <laughs> uh, number seven for me is Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. Again, oh, some leather. Now we're getting to some. I mean. Uh... What? I don't know, I'm trying to justify my Top Gun uniform, so I'm saying, yeah, you picked, you had leather on, so I don't uh, know I'm going Not, with not this. just Mad Max, though. Uh, the, some of the bad guys, uh, anytime that you can take a tire and cut it up and make it part of your armor and uniform in a post-apocalyptic setting, I mean, that movie is like the standard for post-apocalyptic movies for me, just because it's believable uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. But the way they had, I'm talking about the bad guy, uh, the dude with the mohawk on the motorcycle, I mean, he had parts of a dirt bike tire were parts of his shoulder armor. Yeah, I mean, there were some real creative things like that. That oh, that movie rules, and I like the and Mel Gibson still manages to look like a badass, even though he's getting a little tattered and torn, and you know he's got his leg all up in that homemade knee brace thingy, and I I just like the creativity with picking shit off the wall, and yeah, there you go. That's that's. Part of your armor now is this plumbing pipe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that actually was one of the first movies that I thought of for this list. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. Yeah. But next time you next time you watch it, pay 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 close attention to the creativity that they used in the outfit. Outfits, okay. all of them. Actually, okay. the good guys' outfits in there are fairly boring. They're just kind of like Jedi robes. It's nothing nothing that interesting. But all the bad guys are. Uh, it's like they just roll around in garbage with glue and whatever came out, they're like, yeah, okay. It wasn't the, the newest one though. Like I, I probably because I watched that not that terribly long ago. And I, so I remember that a little bit more than Mad Max. Uh, but 
I like the one of the most iconic scenes from or to me from the newest movie was the guy playing the instrument or whatever tied to the front of the truck and like it doesn't have some crazy big mohawk or something like that and I'm like yeah. very post punk apocalyptic <laughs> what's going on that might be the title post punk apocalyptic <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, I agree. Number seven for you. Uh, seven for me is the Toxic Avenger, because... <laughs> and you're criticizing uh, my rivalry. <laughs> well, it's it's a superhero uh, from Tromaville, and he wears a tutu, and, and he's still a badass. So what other movie can you get a superhero uh, that wears a pink tutu that is a legit badass that is, you know, murdering, straight up murdering people? It's Troma. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I love that movie, and it's even Melvin the Mop Boy's outfit before he turns into the Toxic Avenger. He's such. I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing. I got nothing. He's awful. He just a complete dork. <laughs> I just love it when you lose your train of thought. Oh, it's like oh, well, really, you always build up. Like you're about to say something really. Well, I mean, loaded with adjectives and and just descriptive, and then you just kind of pause and stop and look at me and go, I don't know. Yeah, because it's like, oh, wait, he had just a light. I remember he had a light blue shirt on, and you know, yeah, he looked pants. like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, totally Napoleon Dynamite. Um, until he put on the pink tutu, then look Did out. He put world. it on. Wasn't it forced on him? Um, no, he put it on because he was bribed into like he was thinking that he was going to get it on with one of the one of the hot oh. workout ladies, and then he ends up kissing a sheep. Or I think. Oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he gets yeah dumped into the and then yeah. and then right after that is where the car. Well, no, 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 no. That was later in the movie where we see the the classic trauma car flip that is in all of their productions pretty much. Hmm. But not according to Lloyd. He, he not said, according nah. to Lloyd. He was like, "Whoa, what? Uh, oh no, <laughs> oh, that's different every time." Yeah. Uh, number six for me is Tetsuo the Iron Man. Uh, this is another movie off my top 100 list of all time. Uh, it's blissfully deranged and so weird, but I still, we always talk about people using their budgets. Well, this movie, I believe, had a pretty low budget, and the story, uh, he gets hit by a car, or he's in a car crash, and then his cuts start revealing metal, I believe, under his skin. I haven't watched it in quite a while. And he's turning into a robot man, more or less. And things get progressively weirder from there with a uh, stop-motion kind of photography. It's awesome. This movie rules. But I really like the way they... It's more like decorating a person rather than a costume. He gets progressively more and more iron bits on him, and you can tell. Hey, I found a piece of old 12-gauge wire over here. Let's just strip it off and kind of form it around, and there you go, and glue it right onto your shoulder. Ah, there's a piece of copper pipe. Let's grab that. It's like they went to a junkyard and were like, here's ten bucks. What can I get? And they're like, five-gallon bucket full. And they're yay! Tetsuo <laughs> the Iron Man. Uh, but I love the creativity there. Even at one point, they use a gigantic drill bit thing for his dick. Remember that? Oh, I do remember that. That was yeah. great. Yep, I remember that. Damn good movie. Yeah, it is. It's weird as all hell, but just a damn good movie. Number six for you. Uh, six is my most, probably my most boring pick, but I, I had to include it on my list, and that was Indiana Jones. Uh, I know it's, you know, no, the, that's the a fedora. good pick. That's, I mean, that's a very iconic look. It is, and, and like no matter 
what Halloween party you go to, there's if there is someone there, you can always just tell oh, that's that guy's Indiana Jones. He's trying to be Indiana Jones, and it's it. It's just usually, very, usually though, it's like, oh, look, it's fat Indiana Jones. Yes, yes, or yeah. I <laughs> I was gonna say or sixty year old Indiana Jones. I'm like, well, wait, that's that's we already had a seventy year old. Yeah, we already had that, so that's fairly <laughs> legit. Uh, but uh, and pr- primarily, I think Temple of Doom because that's my favorite of the three. But just, he just he gets beat to hell so bad in that movie, and the poster art especially where he's standing in that. Yep. Archway, just complete beat to hell. I, that's my. When you say Indiana Jones, the first thing that popped in my head was that poster. Yeah, and him standing there with the top like three or four buttons, and the shirt's kind of disheveled. Yep, and he's just like, I have Ugh. been through hell. Yeah, what next? I love how that poster. Not to go on a rabbit trail here, but that poster uh, is so like minimalist almost, but it conveys so much. Just Indiana Jones standing in this archway temple of doom. But you know, he has been through some shit and he's still in it because he's still in the temple, obviously. Yeah. And he's got that big machete and I love that poster. Yeah. Love that poster. What if they would, because there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming with Harrison Ford. What if they would just, I know they everybody doesn't like temple of doom for whatever reason. I think it's, I agree with you. It's, it's arguably the best one in my opinion. Uh, but what if they would double down on that and go more horror for the last one? Oh, How bad great. would that be? I mean, they did the sci-fi thing and no. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that was obviously the one that was more horror tinged, but still, you know, tons of action. I would love that. I would love that. But there's no way. There's no way they'll do that. No, they won't. But oh well. Okay, number five for me. I, well, I guess I picked a character instead of a movie, but it is the movie. RoboCop. I just got to give some credit for that outfit, especially that was the 80s, right? That was the 80s, 87. Making that a physical thing and being able to walk around in it. And I know that they did some of that stuff with Iron Man later on, but how many years later was that for crying? 2008. Agreed. Uh, In the 80s to do it. And you, I mean, they shot around the, you know what I mean by shooting around the uniform uh, in some respects, around the costume. uh, Yeah. Because I'm sure he couldn't literally do a whole lot of movement, but it's brilliant. A brilliant design. I still don't know how they do the face thing where, where it, it peels back on his head when he takes the helmet off. Yeah. That still, still works for me completely. Was that, that was either Stan Winston or Rob Bottina. I think, I think it was Stan Winston. I think, I think so too. I'll, I'll still never forget that first time I saw the gun pop out of his leg. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. This is incredible. Hey, remember that scene where RoboCop shoots a guy in the dick? <laughs> was that in the movie? Yeah. He shoots through a girl's dress. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Woo, you know what? We might have to take a quick time out. I've got a turtle head popping out here. <laughs> I mean, i got to take a shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, okay, I guess right I'll, now. I'll just keep doing RoboCop quotes until you get yeah. back. Um... So yeah, you can spin that that bit of news however you want, but it's it's uh, I'm gonna give birth in about five seconds. <laughs> well, I hope you're close to the bathroom. He's so happy with himself. Let me just see here. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Meh. Clarence Boddicker. What a great bad guy. Red Foreman. Very gory. If you haven't seen the uncut version of that movie, I mean damn. It is gross in the best way. 
Oh, now he's texting me while he's shitting. Oh, oh God. We can text while I'm shitting to keep conversation going. Ah, uh, relief. Gross. I'll just say gross. And quit thinking about me while you're pooping. Send. <sighs> That's what I deal with, folks. Yep. Bob Morton. Heh. Your move, creep. It's Eugene right now. Your move, creep. He's just, I want everybody to picture it right now. Eugene just sitting on the can. Uh, now he says you might get a picture of this load. It's epic. Oh, Judas. Okay. Block. Phone number. And delete from contacts. I guess he can message me on Facebook now in the future. If my phone beeps again, I am not going to look at it. I, I just know. Wow, speaking of Toxic Avenger, we also have in Robocop that scene where the guy gets into toxic waste and kind of turns into the Toxic Avenger before he gets spread all over the front of that guy's car. That was gross and scary. You know, as a kid, I thought that toxic waste like that was going to be more of an issue. People, I'm not looking at that. No, no, no. People falling into it, be on the streets, you fall into it and you become mutated. Same with, uh, quicksand. That was a major issue in the 80s, or at least we were led to believe so. People were always falling into quicksand. TV shows and shit. Oh, no, it just keeps pouring out. It's, oh, good God, Eugene. I don't want, no, no pictures. Uh, I'm staring at an empty chair, and I just know somewhere right now he is touching his anus. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? You're out, you're out shopping. You, everybody's got to poop, right? Everybody's got to buy toilet paper. You ever think about that? Guy grabbing a roll off the shelf. Yeah, he's going to be touching his asshole with that later. Mm-hmm. That's where it went. It could be like Eugene and review some movie that he's not interested in, but... Instead, we're just talking about shitting. It's, uh, it's his fault, really. He started this. Excuse me, I have to go somewhere there's a crime happening. Yeah, the crime is happening in Eugene's bathroom right now. Come quietly, or there will be trouble. Yeah, there's, there's nothing quiet going on in his house. I'm pretty sure I just committed homicide on my toilet. I mean, straight up murder. It, that was awful, awful. I have no idea what he's doing. I'm just trying to find something. There we go. I feel like that was like a welcome back from kind of kind of yeah that makes me feel good now i mean I, that that was round one i still 
Oh, I mean, they're still... I'm can, sure I can dig up the RoboCop 2 theme music. Yeah, okay, number I, five for you. Ah, I feel like there's Doritos still stuck out. I want to keep talking about my... <laughs> oh, trust me, there was plenty of poop talk while you were gone. Oh, I mean, that was... I mean, I committed a crime there. That, <laughs> That's oh, what oh. I said. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised the wall is not spray... Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, killing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. That would have been a... Um, you almost got a picture, by the way. That no, was almost... don't do that. Yeah, that's your. There's there's lines, not really. Oh, I... You know, we we don't have lines. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so number five for me is the bride from Kill Bill. This is the Bruce Lee yellow. Well, wouldn't that be Bruce Lee? No, because that that particular movie kind of sucks. Oh, it really sucks. Yeah. So this is. Her, you know, wearing it and wearing it well. I love... I actually just finished uh, that movie, The Whole Bloody Affair, last night. It took me three nights to watch it, but I finished it last night, and I will be reviewing that later. But uh, The Bride is number five for that particular outfit. Okay, fair enough. A lot of good costumes in that movie, though. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is Edge of Tomorrow. Have we discovered a theme yet in my list? Um, science fiction. Science fiction, yeah. I was going to say yeah. Tom Cruise, but I'm the one that did Tom uh, Top Gun. So I guess... <laughs> you almost said you're the one that did Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout out for the exosuits. The mm. things they... that I believe they were practical. And that's incredible. Absolutely incredible design. It's in the majority of the movie. They are so badass. I, I That is just... So cool to me. So I'm giving a shout out to that one. I climbed up to number four because unlike RoboCop, there's only one RoboCop, whereas in Edge of Tomorrow, it's like whole crews and teams of people full of these exosuits running around. Uh, Number four. Four for me is Mr. Freddy Krueger, particularly from Friday the... Wow, you can just go ahead and mail me your uh, man card or cut it up with the scissors because the next time you swipe it, it will definitely be declined. Yes. (laughs) Because that is straight up Eugene, you bitch. Um, <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 is the main one that I'm thinking of here. Uh, he just, he looked very sinister in Part 2. I, I loved the makeup design in Part 2 and his his old tattered sweater. and Yep. Yeah. But regardless, just pretty much Freddy Krueger blanketing the whole Nightmare on Elm Street series. A great iconic villain and a great costume, like an everyday, I guess an everyday, every man pedophile costume. Back to you. Uh, one kid. Uh, one second. He lost the remote. It'll just take one second. Okay. I know where it is. All right. Same place it always is. Yep. Well, I'll keep talking about Freddy Krueger then. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 was is my second favorite of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, uh, followed closely behind uh, part one, of course. But I love the the part two is kind of the black sheep of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And I, for some reason, like the most iconic scene in that movie is where Freddy confronts Jesse or whatever in the, in the uh, I think it was the kitchen at night. And he's like, uh, you've got the brains. Or was it? No, 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 no. He's like, you've got the body and I've got the brains. And he pulls back his, the top layer of his scalp Good or whatever in his God pulsing almighty. brain. Oh, that five-year-old, five-year-old just farted 
I don't. He's been out. Must have been out there just farting up a storm because I. Oh. It, it was like walking into Eugene's bathroom. That's what I oh. imagined it smelled like in there. Oh, I don't know, man. Mine is like Chernobyl over there. It's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we also have a very, very thick uh, toxic waste theme going on. I was talking a lot about toxic waste while you were gone. Oh, and toxic. Sure. Oh, I see. Okay, nice. Because there's that toxic waste scene in RoboCop. There is, yes, where, isn't that, like, the one guy hits the yeah. other guy with a car yeah, and he like, just explodes? Yeah. yeah. He's all mutated. Uh, where are we at? Uh, you're number three, yeah. Number three for me is Avengers 4 Endgame. I had to pick one comic book movie, and I might as well pick the one that has the most amount of people in it, the most amount of costumes, and that's Endgame. Because it's got everyone. So, because I, I considered well, Iron Man, well, there's War Machine... Well, there's this, that, and the other thing. Even Captain America's costume is so iconic, and they nailed it. I just went with Endgame because it has the most. Black Panther they nailed. All of them. So good. Uh, Falcon has an awesome... Just amazing, amazing, amazing uh, costume design in, uh, for those characters. And, yeah, that the only reason I picked that one is because it has them all. So I can get them all in one bunch. Number three. Okay, three for me is... Gunnar Hansen as Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, truly terrifying, especially to me, uh, even more so in the daytime scenes. Uh, for some reason, that movie is almost more scary in the daytime, like when things are happening in the daytime, because it's almost uh, more realistic than your typical horror movie set at night. Uh, primarily when uh, the first uh, couple arrive at the Sawyer home and uh the guy gets hit in the head with the sledgehammer and then the the girl runs out and where he like she almost gets out she's like on the porch and he grabs her and drags her inside and then slams that door actually slams the door does it before that when he pulls i think paul i forget the guy's name but when he slams that door but those scenes are terrifying still to this day more so than pretty much anything that happens at nighttime in that movie uh and it the fact that he's wearing human skin, the movie is low budget, it looks genuinely terrifying. Like, that is a real, like, a real serial killer guy, whatever. It's it's terrifying. So, and it's still effective. I will never forget where I was when I watched that movie for the first time, and that scene happened. That would be at your house. Uh, <laughs> probably your Laserdisc? Probably Laserdisc, yeah. yeah. And that scene happened, and it, every time that that scene happens, I'm transported right back there into the basement. <laughs> I remember it. Oh, oh. oh, good stuff. Number two for me is, I'm doubling up on this one, Tron and Tron Legacy. Almost put those down. Almost Just, put Tron down. I mean, what an amazing feat, because they had to color the suits a different color for the weird uh, lighting so that it would reflect differently and the film would capture it in the way that they wanted to. It, it's always so strange to me when you have to do that. Not strange, but like amazing that they go through the process of figuring out, well, I want it to be blue. Okay, well, in order for the film to pick up a blue tint, we have to make it bright orange or something and then hit it with this kind of light. And then the film will translate that as blue for the uh, incredible. I, more for on the Tron side, on the Tron legacy side, they could do whatever the hell they want. It's a very simplistic design. Mm-hmm. But it still is so iconic, and I think looks so badass. More so than uh, The Matrix. Okay, I, I, I considered The Matrix, but they're just wearing leather. It's, okay, you know, I could show up with a leather coat, and I I could be 
uh, Neo, or I could just be a school shooter. You don't know, you know, it's not that signature. Whereas yeah. you show up in a Tron outfit, oh, it's just badass. Just badass. Number two. Uh, yeah, I, I almost put Tron down. Uh, probably for your same reasons for the first one, because it was more, you know, in the new one, they can pretty much do anything. But back then, a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, number two for me is Pinhead from Hellraiser. And of course, now we're straight up into the horror stuff. Uh, I mean, Pinhead is awesome and he looks great. And it's like, you know, this S&M bondage looking dude from hell. Uh, my my type of dude, <laughs> uh, especially the first two movies. Those are the the main. Did his main... clothes change throughout the series? No, um, I mean maybe slightly, but those first couple, it's pretty much you got that black outfit on, and Is, didn't the, the it has the vertical interweave but under yes. his skin? Yeah, yes. Actually, all of the Cenobites in the first one, and to a certain extent, the second one as well. But that first one. Uh, all still very creepy, and it was this was before, much like Freddy, it was like before uh, it got a little bit more, I don't want to say comical, but, you know, just they kept him to the shadow, especially the first one, like you only see him a couple times, and it made it all the more scary. Yeah. But. The uh, Cenobites costumes are what happens when the Matrix characters ride the event horizon to hell and back. Yes! Oh, boy, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty true. Uh, number one for me was, after giving it some thought, was actually pretty easy. Uh, <clears throat> so hear me out on this one a little bit. Because I've got uh, like three distinct phases of why this is my number one. Okay. And that is James Cameron's Aliens. Uh, reason number three would be the cool, almost Back to the Future 2 future shoes she's putting on. I think that was in part two. It might have been in part one, but nonetheless, that, that the everyday future clothes kind of carried over between those two. Those are believable for workers in the future. You know, things aren't going to be too crazy for your, your grunts like us. Second, the Marines outfits. They got the cameras. And at the time, that was like, whoa, that's way in the future. And then here we are in 2019. They got cameras on guns. They got cameras on your helmets. Yeah. They got cameras on everything. But they were doing it in 86, mm-hmm. uh, whenever that came out. Uh, pl- the the Space Marines design, it's just super cool and is used in a lot of video games. It's ripped off in a lot of video games. Of, Here's your Space Marine. There you go. That's the standard. Last and definitely not least, Ellen Ripley in that exosuit, oh, get so away good. from her, you bitch. That is the one of the most amazing... This is pre-CGI now. So, I mean, as far as that kind of real tight CGI, I mean, I'm sure the spaceships and stuff had a lot of that, but um, that thing had to function at least on some level. And the, to make it look like it's moving around as quickly and as it does and that she's controlling it, that is a feat of engineering that blows my mind. And that was pretty easy to put at number one for me. I on my list, I I tried to find a spot for that for pr- primarily Bill Paxton. I'm like I should have Bill Paxton in here somewhere from Aliens, but it made honorable mention uh, because of my man. I mean, everything about Aliens is better than like the look or whatever is better than anything in Top Gun. But here I am with my with Top Gun on the list because I'm faithful to Top Gun. Um... Number one for me is, of course, Mr. Jason Voorhees. Uh, Friday the 13th. I mean, it's 
you're the sci-fi guy, I'm the horror guy, and uh, primarily Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, where he's now starting to turn into zombie Jason. I, I love it. I, I, I love it. There's not a whole lot to say about it, about how iconic his look is in those movies, especially the more rotting corpse Jason as, you know, from 6 on, but, um. Uh, that's I even fine. considered Potato Sackhead Jason from Part 2, the Hillbilly Jason, but I'm like, eh, I would prefer, I prefer my Jasons, you know, rotting and waterlogged and uh, a little bit more Kane Hodder-esque, which Kane Hodder was not in Jason Lives. He didn't show up until uh, New Blood. But regardless, all of the rotting corpse Jason, uh, look, they I, I always think of Kane Hodder. Yeah. No, that's fine. It, it's interesting looking at this list. I mean, uh, because when it comes to costumes and stuff, you and I are, how do I put it? We're not the kind of film aficionados that were like, oh, the period piece, the costume is so amazing and give Oscars for this and that and the other thing. We're looking at what's interesting to us. You know, people often break down, there's a difference between a movie and a film and a, a, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. we don't get into that too much, but if we were to, we would definitely be more on the movie side of things. Uh, but it's interesting how cinema can take simple things like a hockey mask or a fedora and make them iconic. Mm, and oh, and I know. Now your fedora can be very iconic if you put it with a whip. It can also be the thing of pants shitting horror if you put it with a red and black striped shirt. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, and I uh, that's it's cool. That's it shows how important a good uh, costume or um, character design can be. Totally agree. I yeah, it's funny because making this list, I'm like I'm just gonna go with my gut feelings. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna overthink this and do searches or whatever because then I'm gonna feel like I have to get Oscary type movies. Well, this one here had. Now I'm like no. I just, this is what I like. This is what comes to my mind. These are my favorites that are currently right now, you know, running through my brain batter. So. Oh, you saved yourself some time because I, I I got to like seven or eight and I was like, I need two more. And so I started doing some searches and let me tell you, utter waste of time because everything brought up was ah, period piece this and period piece that. Yeah, and I, like, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care about your foofy dresses and Marie Antoinette and... I'm yep. not impressed by that because that stuff actually existed. And that's why my list went more sci-fi is because I'm more interested in stuff that you're just inventing. That's mm. cool. Anyway, I'm sure everybody listening is like, thinks we're idiots, but who cares? Yay! Honorable mentions real quick, though, for me. Or for actually, it. do you have any honorable mentions? No, I don't. Okay. Well, so Robocop was obviously on there. Uh, Aliens. And then I also put down on Carl Urban from Dread. I really liked that oh, okay. militant police officer look. Just thought it was really cool. Uh, Dave from 2001 A Space Odyssey. I like that. Yeah, I just, I really liked his spacesuit, especially, uh, especially when he is going through the ship trying to dismantle Hal. Uh, and it just, and the breathing and it just, it made me feel like I was in that suit with, with Dave or I was Dave trying to dismantle this crazy robot or artificial intelligence in the ship. But uh, very good. And the last but not least, uh, Scarlett Johansson from Under the Skin, uh, where she's... Uh, or she's naked. Yes. <laughs> um, what a great costume. Too. Yes. Well, here's the thing, because she was not a costume, because if you remember, in the end, she takes off her costume. 
Right, right. Yeah, okay. Eugene, smart. I'm smart. <laughs> I guess I did have an honorable mention. Uh, I I kept trying to find a reason to put this on the list, and then I would go look at pictures of it on the internet just for a refresher, and I just kept kicking it off the list, and that would be Starship Troopers. Like I, I kept trying to find a reason to put that on there, but then I'm like, yeah, it's very generic kind of. Here's a helmet and a vest, and I put it on. I was that was an honorable mention that I, I I'm like I can't justify that. It was uh, Neil Patrick Harris in his straight up Nazi garb by the oh, end. Yeah. I'm like that's that's SS type looking garb going on there. Yeah. And I'm again, we probably should give credits like Schindler's List and and stuff, but but in my opinion, they're just reproducing something that actually existed, and that's great. I'm not denying that work there, but. It's the ones that are invented that uh, jump up the list a little bit more for me. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add for that segment? No. Uh, I I keep wanting to mention when we do this segment, too. Send us your top ten list. We'll read them on the show. Uh, Send us a top five or something. Whatever you come up with. And reasons why. Or reasons why you like or dislike any of our picks. And we'll read them on the show. Or don't. Just keep listening. Uh, recently watched. I'm up first. I hate being first. Can you just be first every week? Oh, why? I I can. <laughs> I like being. I like being first. <laughs> you got. Come on, strike first, strike hard. No mercy. <laughs> I have no idea where. It's that because I'm in. running the show. You know, I feel like I'm organizing all this shit, and I'm. I'm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Okay. What do I want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about Tickled. Yes. Since let's. you wanted me to watch that, I just finished it up this morning at like 530. Because <sighs> sleep is for the dead. Um, tickled. I didn't bring up the synopsis. I was distracted by Eugene pooping. It was epic, dude. I mean, it was... It was... It was... Yeah, just, I had my time before the show, and I said, perfect. take a shit well, and I'll be ready. Here, but, journalist but, David Ferrier <laughs> stumbles upon a mysterious tickling competition online. As he delves deeper, he comes up against fierce resistance. That's an understatement, but that doesn't stop him getting to the bottom of a story stranger than fiction. This is a damn good documentary, and I think you should go check it out. But I'm going to put a big fat asterisk on this, because... Well... Because his story is so fantastical, it's so incredibly crazy, that I almost have to hesitate. Because, um, is this for real? Like, or am I just getting an extremely one-sided story? Because that's how over-the-moon nuts this story gets. He comes across this tickling competition where these dudes get together, tie each other down, and then tickle each other. And then the videos kind of always end up online. And people are like, what the hell, man? And I can understand it later in the doc they're talking about early, or uh, late 90s, early in the internet, when people didn't expect that stuff to happen. I, okay, forgiveness there. I understand you didn't expect that to end up on the internet. Uh, but this is still going on today. This company is still operating and it's all down to allegedly this one guy i'm i'm saying allegedly because there was absolutely next to zero input from the other side 
And when it comes to making a documentary, you got to have something from the other side. They weren't it's, willing to do it. They were. They I, underst- were I understand yeah. that, but but man, he's a legend. A lot of shit in here that it it seems like a lot of shit that that is very very prosecutable if, if true. It. I'm not going to get political here, but it, it, it. I have the same kind of thoughts when it comes to politics. Sometimes you got it doesn't matter left or right. Whoever is in charge, the other side is pissed off at them and wants them. Bring allegations against Bill Clinton. Bring allegations against Trump. Bring, uh, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter left or right. Then do it. Just do it. The whole time they're in power, everybody screams, do it. The side doesn't do it. You know why they don't do it? They don't have evidence. They don't have proof. They don't have... It the doesn't smoking exist. gun. Right. And if it doesn't exist, either they're incompetent or they don't have it. It's one or the other. And I get a little bit of that feeling with this. If he was doing all this stuff, faking being a lawyer, sending... Uh, you're getting sued. I'm going to do this to you. I'm threatening. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family. Like they were saying stuff like that in there. If, if that's true, then you can go arrest that guy right now and, and throw him in jail. He will be in jail. You can't threaten people like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you have the, if you have text messages and stuff that say that, then uh, it's pretty, I mean, that's it. You put him in jail. <laughs> uh, but they're saying a lot of that stuff, and they're like, look, there he goes, driving away. We can't do anything. It's just a big mystery. Uh, so while I, it's a great doc, and everybody should go check it out, and I'm not discounting his story. I believe him. I really do. But the other side of me, the skeptic side of me, has to put a little, has to put, a, has to put an asterisk there and say, there, mu- there must be something else going on. Uh, but as it is, this is, my gut wants to say this is disturbing as hell. But on the other hand, people are making money and getting paid to do this. And if you're doing it in 2019, come on. Come on. You know yeah. this is going on the internet. I it, it, I don't know. People don't get, you don't get to be shocked and outraged in 2019 that any video that you're getting paid to make is going on the internet for whatever reason. Tickling competition. My life was ruined. Now everybody thinks I'm gay and I'm in porn. It's. Well, okay. Like I said, I would have, I have forgiveness for the people in the nineties when the internet was just coming around, but nowadays, eh, it seemed like they were really, they were really honing in on like low income, you know, lower education. Like they were trying to get rope them in that way. And I agree, but that's, I mean, the manipulation aspect of it. I agree, but that the darker corners of cinema, that's what they do. Yeah. That's not unheard of in the porn industry either. It just, it's, I don't know. I don't, it, it, I, I don't want to say it felt one-sided, but it felt a little one-sided. I, I don't know. I, I believe the guy just, he, he also did the thing where he had the ominous music playing. It's like, uh, all right, all right, calm down. <laughs> I also think that this other, the guy that he was going after is filthy, filthy, filthy rich. And he knows the law quite well. And uh, therefore, I think that he was able to, you know, do his own manipulation that way because he's got, you know, deep pockets. Oh, you're right. And he got all his money from his parents. And don't get me wrong. The guy's an absolute scumbag. Yeah. Absolute. And here's the thing that I came away with the most at the very beginning of this thing. The guy is, oh, tickle competition. This is weird. Let's look into this a little bit more. And then the guy they're investigating, I don't even know what his name is now. Uh, whatever the the bad guy of the movie, quote unquote. Yeah. Immediately, the first 
timing, they send him an email. He's sending cease and desist. I'm going to sue the pants off you. Which is what's so weird. I'm like, what? That, that's where it went off the rails. If he had just said, oh, yeah, we have a tickling competition. And then we, you could have walked down the street to the fucking trophy store and spent 20 bucks and been like, here's the trophy. And we give away trophies for tickling winners. And this guy, the documentary guy, would have gone away. You would have no documentary. You would have nothing. You'd have nobody looking into you. But instead, he goes the complete opposite direction. That's what sends this guy off the rails. And I don't blame the journalist for doing it. I'd be yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. Death threats. He's given people death threats, this guy. Oof. <laughs> this was some disturbing shit. And I watched about half of it with the wife, and she wanted to finish it, and I had finished it this morning because I was like, I got a Eugene wants to talk about it on the show. So yep, I, I did. It. Well, there's about a half a day left on the rental. Uh, your thoughts on it, though? I, th- I thought it was fantastic. I I think I would tend to believe more the documentary maker here. Uh, but you do bring up a good point about how aggressive they were. As soon as he hinted that he wanted to do a little story on this, it's like you could have avoided all that by just you know, playing dumb and like, oh, all right, well, here's what we do. It's, you know, and, and it would have been forgotten and nothing like this guy's from Australia. It would have been forgotten and a non-story, but instead they were so aggressive calling the guy a homosexual and you're gay. Yeah. yeah and, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I'm like, they were what? You're, like you, you're, you are fanning the flames here. Like he's a journalist. I mean, now, now you've riled something up. So if he brought, he threw, this cr- he threw gasoline and C4 on the flame. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, if this is a journalist and now this guy's got a story. Uh, and then with just the backstory on it, the dark, you know, the money trail and the the legal trail all the way back to, you know, when the company was named this by this girl, a lady, quote unquote. And then yeah. they, uh, did you believe for a second it was a lady? Because I no, don't. no, I'm like, this is a creepy. This is a creepy middle aged dude doing this. It has to be creepy middle aged dude. And yeah, I was right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and as, as soon as this guy's creepy three henchmen show up in Australia to. Oh. And I'm like, immediately they are aggressive and, and just pricks, especially that the one skinny guy, like, are you recording us? I'm like, yeah. And they, they just, oh, they're so. It, it literally was the cast of eight millimeter. That's what yes. it felt like. And go, go to tickled on IMDb and look at the screen grab uh, for the trailer. That was my face. I mean, yes, I'm look, looking at it right now. That, that, that's my face watching the movie, and that's his <laughs> face getting that first email. If like, you had not what? sent that first reaction, the dude might not have wrote a paragraph about it. Yeah, he, and it would have been done. Like, he would have been like, huh, nothing here. This is boring. Moving on. But yeah. you gay and... Because yeah, yeah. honestly, at first, oh. like, the subject matter itself, people tickling each other, I'm like, all right. That sounds kind of boring. Yeah, put chalk it up there with the the furries, the guys that the, the men and women that dress up like uh, uh, mascots or whatever the hell and have sex. Yeah, some it's like, weird kind of uh, weird, some fetish that we're not into. Whatever, yeah. little tiny corner of the internet. Go have fun. Nobody cares. But instead, they were so aggressive that, like like I said, it's oh well. Now there is a story, and and it's dark and twisted, and he the. Creepy, weird guy brought it on himself. But oh, big time! It was a. Here's a, the best comparison I can make to that would be. We live in America. Cricket is not a sport here. You come across a guy named Bob. He's like, I'm into cricket, and you go, Oh, you're into cricket. So, uh, what got you into cricket? And he goes, 
go fuck yourself. I'll kill you. I'll kill your whole family. I'll, yeah. And you're like, holy shit, we have to have a conversation. What is happening right now? Yeah. It, like, it was that aggressive. Uh-huh. Where you could have just said, oh, I went to England one time and I got interested. No, nobody would care. Yeah. Anyway, but, but yeah, it's, it just went from bizarre to more bizarre to more bizarre to more bizarre. It, uh, man. And, and very good. Uh, going after, um, in the beginning there too, the one guy that allowed himself to be tickled because he needed money or whatever. Uh, and it, again, audience, this is with clothes on. This is not. Oh yeah, this is. But the one guy that he was talking to in the weight room. They threatened to come after my family. They threatened to put it on, destroy my life. They were going to send it to my employers. They were going to send it to anybody I tried to get employed with. They were going to send it to my grandparents. All because of what? It was of nothing. They just, we are going to destroy your life. But that was kind of the point of the documentary is about domination. And that's yeah. what this guy is kind of into. Oh, my good God <laughs> in heaven. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Tickled. Yay. What, do want, what do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about I, I'm because I just watched it. I, I want to get it. Yeah, I just I need to talk about it a little bit, and that's Kill Bill: The Whole Bloody Affair. I watched all four plus hours of it in three sittings, but regardless, it was you know one one cohesive movie. This is actually the second whole bloody affair that I have now watched. The first one was the Blu-ray, the Blu-rays edited together with uh, DVD inserts from J- from the Japanese DVD, so the color scenes and the uh, some of the uncut stuff from part one, and even part two, uh, that some deleted scenes from part two. This version that I watched is straight up all HD. All the quality is exactly the same, which is pristine. So there are no, there's no drastic drops in quality or whatever it all looks the same and it is so great it's does, like does it have the black and white scene though or no it's it's full color it's okay. full I, I don't know how they got the footage but it's it's the full color and i'm like I'm, i was waiting for it i'm like okay is this so, the version that i have that you gave no me? oh this is a new version but i'm like okay i'm waiting for that dip in quality now we're gonna go down to dvd quality i'm like no it's it's straight up 1080p the whole way through uh, I, it's stunning, stunning. And the movie is, it, it has to be Tarantino's best movie. I know that every time we talk about Tarantino, there's, uh, um, Oh, my ears are perked up, sir, because this was my number one Tarantino. Yeah, was well, yeah, and now at this point, I would definitely say the whole bloody affair is my number one. What was it? I think that my number one was Inglorious Bastards. I think you're right. Yeah. But kill, it's Kill Bill. Or as, uh, the Spanish guy says, uh, in Bill, kill Bill. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, well, oh, what's his name? I gotta know his name now. It's in every character in this movie. Michael Madsen is so great in this movie as a complete shit kicker scumbag hillbilly. Yet, I'm like, he's great. I love when he's making his, <laughs> when he's making his margaritas, just slopping shit into the blender. <laughs> and then when he pours it, like, it just, into these ugly glasses and, and shit everywhere for uh, Daryl Hannah's character. And I love this movie so much. This is like this is perfection. This is cinema perfection. There's there's nothing that is not great in this movie. The acting is all Michael perfect. Parks, by the way. Michael Parks. There you go. Bill. Esteban Vigel. Yes. And he, so, Bill. Bill. I, I love when he says that. I'm like, ah, you're saying it like I like it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, it, it, you know what? After the the because this is all one movie, so after the big fight with Oren Ishii, and then we get into part two, which because it's all one movie, it seamlessly branches. Uh, I'm like, well, part two is simply not as good as part one, and then part two keeps on playing out. And I'll tell you what, part two is damn near equal to the first one with the more a little bit more spaghetti western flavor but then some really some real cool old school kung fu stuff thrown in there with pai mei uh there's a deleted scene that's put put back in this one with bill and uh the bride and they're like walking down an alley and i think it, it might be that My, might be it's the michael Riza. j white is that who it is michael j white's in the in kill bill Oh, okay. Well, but yeah, they meet up with these samurai guys and there's a big, there's a classic kung fu samurai battle that was not in the original uh, volume two when it showed in theaters. Um, anyway, it, it, I love it. I, I love everything about it. In fact, I even like the, uh, the eyeball plucking scene to me as like, it almost feels like a little bit of just a little dab of Lucio Fulci thrown in there just for good measure. I, I love that scene so much because I was so upset by what she did to Pai Mei. Uh, as an oh, old school kung fu fan, like that, that, obviously this is my favorite Quentin Tarantino. Oh, by f- yeah, by a mile. <laughs> I love this movie, but I was so upset by that scene. I was like, "You bitch, yeah. that's so not right." And how even killing her wouldn't have made it right for me. I I, I wanted her to suffer, and Quentin knows that. Yeah, so he does just the right thing and plucks that. Bitches other eye yep. out and leaves her there with oh. the black mamba snake. With the black mamba snake still in that. Yeah, but I don't want her to die by that. I, want her to be, just, I, I just want her blind. to be blind. You rotten wench. <laughs> oh, she was awful, awful. Yeah, but uh, all of the she was my least favorite. Obviously, she which was a bit of genius with writing and with her character because I hated her. Whereas I I really liked uh, Vivica J. Fox and. Uh, uh, Oren Ishii's character. What's her? I'm drawing a blank with Oren Ishii. Um, Lucy Liu, and then Michael Madsen. I really liked those three, but D- Daryl Hannah's character was so awful. I I hated her so so bad. There was nothing about her that I liked. Whereas I liked the other uh, Viper Squad, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's great. Every, even the way Bill is flipping around his gun in the end, he's just. Everything about the movie is just cool as hell. Yep. You know, he, he, like, he shoots at her and then she gets the fruit sprayed on her and he, he just puts the gun back in the holster like a badass. And <laughs> I could talk about this movie for hours. It's everything about it. The score is perfect. The pacing. I'd, like, I would every now and then I would like, cause it's four hours. I would click to see how much runtime I had. I'm like, oh shit, shit. I'm down to one hour left. I'm like, I don't want this to end. I, why isn't this six hours? I want this to keep going. I agree, but I, d- I still don't want a sequel. Just let it be. No, that was perfect. I adore the movie, and I agree. The Every time that I've watched it, I haven't watched the whole Bloody Affair, Affair yet. I, it's on my stack of things to do. Uh, but part one is amazing, perfect, and then I start watching part two, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is part, it's not as good as part one. And then by the time it's over, I'm like, no, this is. It's just the part one is more action-heavy, and part two is more drama-heavy, but the drama works so well. Yeah. And I... I mean, he put in all the people I would put in there. Sonny Chiba is Hattori oh, I Hanzo. I, I, I grew up watching Sonny Chiba movies, yeah. and I didn't know he was still alive when Kill Bill came out. And there he pops up, and I'm sitting in the theater like, he's 
Sonny Chiba. How <laughs> badass! It, it just the little the little moments in that movie, like Sonny Chiba. He he at at the time you think he's just a sushi chef, and then he he uh, picks up his his sushi knife and just kind of throws it back against the wall, and it perfectly lands like. Along with the rest of his knives on the wall, I'm like, oh, that's so badass. Yeah. You want sake? Warm or cold? Warm sake! Ah, very good! Good! (laughs) It's it's perfection. That that is one of my favorite scenes in that movie, which the movie is just a collection of my favorite scenes, but (laughs) all the Sonny Chiba stuff. If you were to meet God, he would be cut by this blade. All that yeah. shit. Oh, oh it's yeah. so and Gordon Gordon Liu, he's in it numerous. He's in uh, like he's got numerous characters in that movie, but he which he's Pai Mei and he's one of the crazy eighty eights and he's he's that uh, the yeah. yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah, like and I love that that character of uh, Pai Mei that is from old school kung fu. Yeah, was that the the guy from uh, the thirty sixth chamber of Shaolin? Was that who that was? Hold on a sec. I'm going to look it up because I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, the eight 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 uh, diagram pole fighter. I have I just... one. Oh damn it! How am I going to find this? What do I even search for? Because I know that the like in um, in Master of the Flying Guillotine, there's the blind. See, you the know bl- those movies way better than I do. I I only watched them like once or twice. <laughs> what else you been watching? I'm talking about something um, else while I look this up. Okay. Um, okay. So we talked about tickled. Um, you know, I, I we got to start wrapping up. So yeah, uh, I, I want to also just quick mention Hannibal. How much did I talk about Hannibal last? Uh, you said you got the 4K and you wanted to watch it. Did you watch? Okay, it? Okay, so I watched it then. And uh, say what you will about, I, I, I don't think that 4K UHD discs are going to catch on, but. Uh, this is one of the discs that is, it's like leaps and bounds better than the, the Blu-ray release. It's, it is, it's so great looking. I forgot how good the movie actually looks because the Blu-ray doesn't look that hot. The movie's never really looked that good, but this version is stunning. And the movie itself, I keep on, I go back and forth with Manhunter, Sons of the Lambs, and Hannibal as which one's my favorite. And, Whenever I watch any one of those three, they're my current favorite of that series. Granted, Red Dragon I do like, uh, but this again, I watched Hannibal. I'm like, this is, this is perfect. Like, there's nothing, I, like, I, I almost texted you watching. I'm like, I know that you had some issue with Julianne Moore in it, but she is great in that movie. I've, I've come around at first. I'm like, ah, your southern accent, which I get that Jodie Foster's character had that, but, it bothered me at first, the first couple times I watched it, and now it's like, I almost think of her more as Clarice Starling than I do Jodie Foster, because she's a little bit more of a badass in this one than in Silence of the Lambs. That's just me personally. Well, it mostly bothered, bothered me first viewing, but first viewing yeah. was with you guys, it was awful. The, yeah, that was not a good experience. Hot but, summer and the air conditioning broke. and Yeah, whatnot. and then we, late, I think we watched the 10 o'clock show or something. Oh. Yeah, brutal, but the movie's... It's it's such a weird. They, they I love that Ridley Scott. And granted, this is obviously based on the uh, Thomas Harris book, but uh, the the movie is very very different from Silence of the Lambs. But I like that. I like that it's the same universe here, but we're going this route, and it totally totally works as a mystery up front. Like the first half is a mystery, followed by the almost black jet black comedy horror, maybe. With how it goes and with uh, 
especially the end, it's, I'm like, this is like very disgusting, funny almost. I love it. I love that movie so much. Uh, and I, I know that you have come around on it too. I, well, you've always, I think we've always liked the movie since the theater. Uh, yeah, I was pretty iffy. That, that is one that I admit I came around on, but the first viewing was so miserable. It was miserable. I, and I was definitely on the, hate train of her at that point i've i've come around on her a little bit but she still has a couple of roles that i'm just oh dear god help me uh but uh yeah i do really enjoy that movie now and i still only have it on dvd but damn good movie it, yes. it still silence of the lambs is still kind of the tops for me but uh, Hannibal and my, uh, Manhunter. Yeah, those Michael are uh, pretty neck and neck. But they are, with yeah. respect for with respect to their decade, because Manhunter now is kind of pretty damn. Smart. Oh, it's eighties, very eighties. Yeah. yeah, but for its decade or ahead of its time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pai Mei, otherwise known as Bak Mei, has been fictionalized in Hong Kong films such as Executioners from Shaolin, nineteen seventy seven, Abbot of Shaolin, nineteen seventy nine. Clan of the White Lotus, 1980. Oh, there we go. And uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, played by Gordon Liu. Clan of the White Lotus, 1980. I have that as an import DVD that will not play on all of my stuff, but as it has played on one. I have one, that, that DVD player that you gave me. Oh, Remember? yeah. That has yes. all the, the Chinese symbols and stuff. Yeah. And I I could be wrong on this, but I do believe it's been so long since I watched it. I do believe that the plot of that movie is the story that Bill told to, uh, the bride or yeah. the bride. There you go. Ellie. At, around the fireplace. Yeah. Or around the fire pit. Where, yeah. Yeah. That I believe that was the plot of Clan of the White Lotus, but 1980. Um, by the way, that's another one in the whole bloody affair when he's actually telling her that story. They actually intercut scenes from. Maybe that movie. But Shut there's actually, up. Are you yeah, serious? Oh, yeah. There's scenes cut in from an old Japanese movie when he's telling that story. We only see Bill talking a little bit, and then we, as he's talking, we see it, the, some movie. And even even the whole bloody affair that we're getting cut together from what people thought he wanted, uh, yeah. it's still missing another 20, 30 minutes of the animated segment that he ran out of money for. He wanted oh. to make that animated segment another, like, 20 or 30 minutes longer. I, oh, I read a story man. about that. Do it! Do it! Yes. One, one day. One. That's that's bucket list movie ownership right there. That I wanted, I wanted my Akira on Blu-ray. I wanted my Dark Knight Returns on Blu-ray, and I want the whole fucking fucking bloody fucking fucking Man. bloody fucking affair. <laughs> damn it! I want it all the way done the way he wanted it. You know, the budget of Volume Two was thirty million. No, oh. that's actually a fairly low budget. Right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's still. Miramax, you bitches! He still was yeah. not getting money. Uh, imagine what he could do with two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I uh, wonder if he'll ever make a like. I know that he's got a, a movie coming out this summer. It looks great, but I wonder if he's going to stick with those like lower budget movies, or will he ever take on like a huge budget? Maybe, movie? but the problem is that he. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say he's abrasive, but he's not going to give in to fucking notes. And he no, shouldn't. He is a talent no. that should not. And when you take on a $100 million budget, you have to do the notes. Mm-hmm. And he's just not going to do that. And that, that whole Star Trek thing, I keep hearing that come up every I know, me too. couple months. And I'm like, shut up. That shit is never going to happen. Somebody's going to take his script. They'll PG-13 
it down, and Mick G will direct it. Yeah. It would be interesting, but I, I agree. I don't stick with what you do great. I I would love for him to take on a huge budget movie, but I just keep doing what you're doing. We, these movies are fantastic, and they're going to be fantastic for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I would love to see what a, a sci-fi movie from him. That's the only one he hasn't really done, right? That Has he is, done a horror. Yeah. I mean, Death Proof is kind of sort of exploitation, it's more kind exploitation, of yeah. But I would love to see a sci-fi from him. He's done the fucking westerns already. Plenty. Oh yeah. And the Japanese, and he's done, he's covered a lot, I mean, the exploitation. He's the, covered a lot of ground, but give, I would love to see a sci-fi for him, but Star Trek, that seems left field, but give me a break. There's nothing from him I would not watch. Okay, coming easy. soon, we got to wrap this up. We're going live okay. again. Uh, coming soon for me, uh, that wolf guy, that's what's coming soon for me. I want to watch yeah. that damn movie. Me too. And I've just been so damn busy. Now I got to try and get my office put back together, which is no small feat. My entire living room is filled with my shit. How do you that keep is, your kids out of that, by the way? It's in tubs. Okay. I got my stuff in tubs and it's protected. To me, like my kids would immediately be crawling on top of the tubs or trying to get into oh, they, the tub. Oh, they tried that. I've you know, put the kibosh on that pretty quick. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I got to get all that shit packed back into my tiny eight by ten office uh and yeah it's great uh what else coming soon i don't know probably some canopy stuff because i've almost used up my hoopla stuff so uh rentals so canopy yeah wolf guy and that violent cop was it any good you said you had watched it i i saw that years ago on dvd i had a copy of it and i remember because i had to think about it, i'm like i remember liking it enough but i remember being bored and like it got talky it's talky oh, but no, then inters- yeah interspersed with some great violent stuff so it, keep that in mind but when you said that time i'm like ah that violent cop that sounds like something i've seen and i yeah i saw that it's all good and now is your kill bill new whole bloody affair enough change that i need to be requesting uh, Oof, it's awesome dude i mean it's there's no menu or anything but it's like it's HD. I mean, everything. The entire movie is HD. So it's not, there's no dip in quality. It's fantastic, man. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, where would you compare the two? Because you know the copy that I have. I oh, this is it. way better. Way better. Okay. Well, Significantly if better. If you need a couple of Blu ray <laughs> just let me know. I'll be over. Yeah, I have to see if that's on. I think I just have uh, BD25s, and I think that that's on a uh, BD50. I don't know. Like what that Blu-ray means. Blu-ray Disc Big, 50. Oh, bigger one? Okay. A dual layer, a dual layer Blu-ray. And uh, I've got dual ray. I got dual ray! Pew! 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 <laughs> That's dual rays coming out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pew, Guns pew. in the hands and the, <laughs> the black hole robot things. Alright, <sighs> well, I will try and track one down for you, sir, because yeah. I might need that. Because okay. they will not release it so I can give no. you my money, you pricks. Yeah. Yeah, I would gladly spend money on that. But, Me too. Uh, okay. Um, uh, coming soon for you. Okay, I got tickets for Aladdin this weekend with the wife. So, nice. yay, we're going to go see that. She was like, like, I really want to see it. And when, when my wife really wants to see a movie in the theater, it's not often that we're like, we agree. Like, because I, I think Aladdin looks great. I want to see it. And so it's like, yes, let's, let's do this. So we're going to watch Aladdin this weekend. And I have exactly one more episode of Cobra Kai season two to watch. And then I'll have uh, 
that wrapped up. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to finishing it up, and it's been a really good series. I'll talk about that more later when I've got it done. Oh, what else do I have on the list? Uh, have you ever watched The Keep? Michael Mann's The Keep? Yes, I have. How is it? I watched it, but it's been so many years ago. Uh, it's very weird. I watched a YouTube version, I believe, a VHS rip that was very low quality, but mm. I'm VHS guy doesn't care that much. I enjoyed it. It's really weird, and it feels very chopped. I, I believe I read a story at one point where that movie was cut a lot. But yes. it it wasn't... So it, it does feel a little choppy. Uh, but it doesn't feel like they cut, like, oh, we gotta make this PG-13. It doesn't feel like that kind of cutting. It feels like story cutting. Uh, so it just, yeah, feels yeah. choppy. I read the book back in high school, and the book was great, but I... I was entertained. I, I, there's lots of fog, and there's a weird building, and ghosty things, and... and Ian McKellen's in it, I hear, and yeah. uh, Gabriel I remember Byrne. kind of enjoying it enough. Oh, good. Okay, well, I've got that one I'm planning on watching. Uh, it's like a in, like a not legit Blu-ray, but someone got an HD copy, and I, you know, yeah. Uh, I also oh wait, I thought I thought of some more. Um, Game of Thrones. No, oh. season eight has finished up, so we got a login, and we're watching season eight. We're a couple episodes in. No and kidding. After that, we're gonna I guess go through the whole series again because we watched season one and two. Season one on my voodoo, season two on yours, and now yep. we've got the login, so we're going to just keep on trucking uh, after we finish season eight. So, uh, season eight, uh, there's been all sorts of hate online on season eight. I'll get around to it eventually, but thus far, what do you think? Thus far, I feel like, one, how did you not see it coming? Because uh, they, I can't. I can't do too much of this without spoilers. Okay. Uh, but this has been tracking throughout the season. I don't know why people are so... Oh, wait, that's right. People are dicks. Uh, the same people that started a petition to decanonize The Last Jedi, that's the same people that are outraged by... To remake see, Season 8. Because remake I've been seeing... Season 8. Yeah. Listen, you toads. They're never going to do that. They're ne Oh, you know what? Oh, the internet said we should remake season eight. Let's just throw that season away and we'll just redo it the way you want it. No. And I've said it before on the show, I believe, and I've told my wife this many times while watching the series. This is not going to end well. It's never going to end in a way that's going to satisfy everybody. George R.R. R. Martin had a million storylines going at the same time. Everybody likes to kind of, oh, I like this guy, but not that guy. Well, I like this girl, but not that guy. How do you think it's going to end in a way that's going to make everybody happy? That's yeah. impossible. So somebody's going to be pissed off. Well, the way it's going so far, and I've read all the spoilers of season eight because I don't give a shit. And I don't know why people... I shouldn't say I don't know why people are pissed off. People are always pissed off about something, but they should have seen this shit coming. It's been tracking through the whole season. But yeah. Some of the people that I've talked to online who are a little more discerning that don't like it, uh, they're not petition signers. They're like, yeah, but the way that they did it, the execution of it, is why it kind of doesn't work. Oh, you know what? Fair enough. That's fine. Uh, it's the people that are just flat losing their minds. Get, get out of here. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing. Yeah. Well, keep me posted. I'm curious how that goes. I mean, eventually I am going to get around to the seasons that I have not watched yet. But um... so far, it's pretty good. I'm I'm digging it. Good. 
All right. Well, we'll see. I got Cobra Kai. That's my show right now. <laughs> uh, after that, might just hang on to that login and see what else HBO has to offer. <laughs> Did oh, you see uh, the trailer for Westworld season three? No. Huh? Uh, starring the guy from uh, eh, that drug show. <laughs> oh, um, no idea. Oh, wait, wait, like ba- uh, Breaking Bad? Yes, Breaking Bad. Oh. So Pretty get good? on that before you get too behind on... Oh, I know. I, I, guys, I gotta I gotta catch up on season two. I need to watch that. And I'm it's not gonna good. rewatch... The, and I, we talked about this. I'm yeah, not gonna don't, rewatch don't. season one, but... Okay, so let's end the show awkward, and then we can stop recording. We're way <sighs> too freaking long oh, again by I half know. an hour. Because I got rumble guts again, which... Mm, yeah... <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Oh, we already talked about pooping. Yeah, but you brought it up again, so clearly you want to talk about pooping again. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. Um, Wait, I didn't mention it. You mentioned it. Uh, no, 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 no. You were the one that wanted to keep talking about it. So, <laughs> <sighs> brown turtle heads. And <laughs> yeah, this is on you, not me. Um, turtle heads. <laughs> uh, um, That's your job on the show is to come up with titles. And you do it well every week. I appreciate it. Oh, good. Good. Um, I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> I'm, oh, oh, uh, how about this? I'm Bill. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Not bad. Bill. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. You said it better than I did. Oh, give me a RoboCop quote and we can move on. Oh, um, good, bad, I'm the guy with the... No, shit, that's Army of Darkness. Um, uh, freeze, queef. Freeze, freeze queef. queef. That's good. <laughs> like, freeze, queef? What? Yeah. <laughs> freeze, queef? This is going nowhere good. <laughs> well, I'm not going to stop until you give me a fucking RoboCop quote. Um, <laughs> dead or Alive, queef. are coming with me? Yeah, I was going to say freeze queef. I love it. That's, there's your title. Freeze queef. <laughs> oh, that's... Damn it. I'm <sighs> so tired. <laughs> um, I'd buy queef. that for a dollar? No, you... I, I, we need one from RoboCop himself. Oh, from RoboCop. Um, Dead or alive, you're coming with me? Oh, okay. Uh, Dead or alive, you're coming with me. See you next time. Yep. Perfect. Perfection. Me. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.